one of the old stories that we used to hear in church was that you could take a prosperous man from anywhere and place him anywhere and he'll be just as prosperous as he was before. Prosperous, that prosperous man may uh, lose everything or give everything away, but because they know the principles that God has given them, when they begin to work those principles, they'll be soon where they were previously. So you can put the prosperous man in the jungle or wherever that place might be, and he'll still be able to do what God has called him to do. And when I say him, it's, it's gender neutral, so don't get upset. All right. So Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to start. And I say that because I'm not going to change it to say him and her all the time. So that's my disclaimer. So Proverbs chapter 3, looking at prospering always. When we talk about prosperity or prospering, uh, we're just talking about the idea of having what you need to do what you need to do. And God wants us to always prosper. He doesn't want us to be in uh, financial straits and difficulty and, and, and difficult situations. That's not his place and position uh, that he's given for us to be in. So I want to start in Proverbs chapter 3. We're only going to look at two scriptures. The first scripture or the first verse I want to start in is verse number 5, and we'll read down through a few of those verses. But verse 5 of Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now technically that's not a prosperity scripture. It's not a financial scripture. But if we can't do that, then we can't do what's going to come later. If we can't trust in the Lord with all of our heart, we, we're not going to ever be in the place or position for him to cause us to be prosperous. So he says, start, starting out with the part that we're looking at today, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. That can be difficult, sometimes difficult for me, because it's very easy for us to um, get wisdom, to get understanding, to use our memory and know how things worked before, how things are, are looking right now. And we can just kind of go in a direction that we that we believe to be right because of our experience, but that is trusting in our own understanding. And his word says for us to not trust in our own understanding. So one quick encouragement is that even if we think we know what to do, we should always go to God and ask, is this what I need to do? Is this how I need to handle this situation? And allow him to, do, to direct our paths. Verse number six says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. One of the things that older people typically say about younger people, and one of the things that we can see very clearly with uh, younger present generations, is uh, just uh, the fact of being younger comes along with this thing that you are wise in your own eyes. Right? We think we know it all. When we're young. So like even with my kids, I, I have kids from 6 to 13 years old, and, um, and sometimes I'll tell one of them something, how to do something or, you know, do this this way or don't do that or something. And one of the other ones will just have to, you know, perk up and, and tell that sibling, whether they're older or younger, why they need to do what I said they need to do. But, you know, two days ago, they're saying that because I just told them the same thing about what to do. But they feel like, oh, I already know this lesson. I already know so much, so let me tell you what I know. And they're almost like wise in their own eyes. But we can be like that, where we're wise in our own eyes, regardless of what our age is. And he's telling us in his word, don't be wise in your eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. 
And it says, It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Here's a key verse. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall, or based on that, shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. And just for um, under our understanding, our barns being filled with plenty is our storehouses, the place that we store our finances, whether that's in a bank account, whether that's in money market accounts or investments, whatever. Word says that when we do what he asks for us to do, those things will be filled with plenty. And then it says your presses will burst out with new wine. Those are the presses bursting out with new wine is the things that we're doing to have more money coming in. So whether it's uh, your rental properties that you have that are bringing in finances, it's your job, it's your business, it's the thing you do on the side, whatever. The Bible is telling us that our storehouses will be filled with what they need to be filled with and the new business, the new stuff will be coming in based on our going back up to verse number five and trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. And that's one of the the big key things for us as believers to get and to understand is that each and every day we're supposed to be trusting him in everything, not just with our finances. We're talking about finance and prosperity right now, but we're supposed to be trusting in him when it comes to raising our children, when it comes to moving forward in our relationships, when it comes to dealing with our jobs or dealing with people on our jobs, looking at the economy, dealing with stuff that's coming through the news. We're always supposed to be filtering that outside information through the trust in the Lord filter. So we should never let anything come into our our lives, come into our minds without passing through the trusting in the Lord filter. So even if we are engaging in new friendships, like sometimes we'll go to new areas and we're around new people. And so we might have new friendships that are formed and we form friendships based on different reasons sometimes. People are from where we're from, or they have similar interests, or whatever the case might be. And we might say, well, this person, they seem really nice, they seem knowledgeable, or whatever their good attributes are. It makes sense to us why we think it would be cool to be friends with that person. And so sometimes we'll bypass our trust with the Lord, trust in the Lord filter. And we'll say, I'm going to hook up with this person, um, not in a relationship, but, you know, me and this person, we're going to be friends, we're going to hang out. And we're going to spend more time together and stuff like that. We might find out that they're a low down, dirty dog. And we just didn't know any better because they put on a good front. I was watching, uh, I watched 48 Hours often. And uh, there were these two guys. And, and that's a show about um, homicide detectives. And so there's a murder committed. And then they try and find out who done it. And so I was watching one yesterday. And uh, some guys were like walking around the neighborhood. And one guy went somewhere. And he murdered another guy when his boy was with him. Police caught up with this boy, and they're trying to find out this guy's name because they had a video, but they didn't know who he was, and they're trying to get this guy. They finally found him. So, hey, we need to know this guy's name. And this guy is, you know, having this struggle because he doesn't want to rat out his boy because we have our no-snitch policy, which usually doesn't make any sense. But then, you know, he's, he's dealing with the police, and he's crying, talking to the police because he feels so bad about what his friend did to this other person who he shot and killed. And he's like struggling and he's hurting and, and he's having all this uh, internal difficulty on the inside because of what his friend did in his presence. Well, if he would have used his trust in the Lord filter, the Lord would have said either don't get cool with him or if nothing else, don't go there today. 
don't hang out with him. And there are jails full of people who didn't actually do the crime or commit the crime. But we have these laws that say if, if you were helping, if you were accessory, if you helped him drive away or if you were looking out or whatever, whatever, all y'all get the same crime. And we have a whole bunch of people are in jail because they did that, which is fine. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have that law. But what I am saying is that we need to use our trust in the Lord filter so that we don't end up in that situation because of what other people are doing. So we need our trust in the Lord filter for like everything in our lives, not only our finances and prosperity. But we're talking about prosperity. So let's look at our second part, which is over in Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. So if you want to know, if I want to know, how do we become more prosperous? How do we increase financially? How do we go from where we are to where we want to be? It starts here with trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. And then I believe two of the keys for growing in our prosperity is going to be our giving, number one sowing and giving into the kingdom and giving as God directs us. And the second one is going to be obedience, which we're going to see here. So we saw in Proverbs that we're supposed to honor the Lord with our substance, first fruits of our increase, and then now we want to see an example of how it's very, very important for us to be obedient because even if we give and we sow seed and there's a harvest that's going to come up from that seed, if we never reap that harvest, It's not that God didn't help us be prosperous. It's not that God didn't fulfill his word. It's that we didn't go get what we were supposed to go get. So the other part is obedience. I want to start in verse 27 of Genesis chapter 41. I want to speed through some verses because I know a lot of people have heard this story before. And you can read it later. So we're going to read from like 27 down to in the 40s. So verse 27, this is when Joseph... Uh, Joseph was called on by uh, the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt at that time, to interpret a dream. He was having this dream. It was bothering him. Uh, Joseph was in jail because he had gotten sold out, gotten sold up the river a few times before that in his life. He was sitting in jail, and he was having this dream and this dream. uh, None of the king's uh, top dogs could interpret. They were coming up with all kind of stuff, and he said, look, get me somebody that can interpret this dream so all the people he would normally rely on couldn't do it and then there was a guy that joseph had helped previously he was like oh yeah i remember this guy he was interpreting dreams back when we were in jail because just because he was in a bad situation he didn't start cutting up and acting a fool he was still doing what god had for him to do and you know you should talk to him and see if he could uh interpret your dream so joseph comes out of jail into the top man in the nation that he was in at the time The guy says, hey, I had this dream. So Joseph has to start telling him, interpreting this dream. So it actually starts, uh, well, verse 25. I'll read there real quick and then I'll catch up. It says, and Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dream of the Pharaoh is one. God has shown the Pharaoh what he is about to do, what he God is about to do. And the seven good kin are seven years. And he's just talking about the dream. If you want to find out more about the dream, read it later. It says, and seven good ears are seven years, and the dream is one, and the seven thin and ill-favored kin or kind that came after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears uh, blasted with the east wind will be seven years of famine. And this is the thing which I have spoken unto the Pharaoh, what God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. 
and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice, and it is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. And now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seventh plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay corn under the hand of the Pharaoh and let them keep food uh, in the cities. And that food shall be for a store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be the land of Egypt and uh, the land perish not through the famine. Verse 37. So he goes through this dream and he says, look, God is showing you a dream that we're about to have seven really good years economically or agriculturally. They're going to have a whole bunch of food being grown over seven years. And then right after that seven years, it's going to be seven years of famine. The seven years of famine is going to be so bad, nobody's even going to remember these good years. Like the years when we had, you know, cheaper gas and plenty jobs and all kind of stuff was going great and you know, numbers were going up. He said, it's going to be so bad that people aren't even going to remember that. And it was just a few years ago. And he said, look, you need to, you got to set somebody over this stuff. You got to start putting some stuff in store. And he said in here, if you do this, the land won't suffer. Everything won't be bad. We just need to prepare for it. And he's telling him he needs to point someone out. Verse 37 says, And the thing was good to the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto unto his servants, Can we find such a one? This is a man whom the Spirit of God is. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God has shown thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. And remember, Joseph, he was in jail five minutes ago. He just got called up to be able to interpret this dream. Says Pharaoh to Joseph, Thou shalt be over my house according to all uh, thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you, inmate 475820, or whatever it might have been. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. So if you can continue reading and, and go in there, you'll find out that all the country in the land of Egypt was saved through these seven years of famine because of the obedience that Pharaoh enacted based on what he heard from Joseph. Joseph being representative of the people or the the people of God. And so God wants us to be obedient. He wants us to hear him and listen so that no matter what's going on in the world, no matter where we are, we will prosper always. So if we will connect with God and, and do our giving and listen to him when it comes to our giving and we be sowers and God loves a cheerful giver, and also, if we will turn around and be obedient to do what he says to do, to store up when it's time to store up, to enjoy when it's time to enjoy, to give when and what he says it's time to give, he will make sure that no matter what bumps, twists, or turns are coming down the road, he's going to make sure that we're in the right position that we need to be in. Amen? So if you want to prosper always, be a giver, a cheerful giver, and be obedient to what God is telling you to do. Always, 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 and you will prosper. Glory to God. We're going to do our confessions because we believe as we confess over God's word, we empower him uh, to do what he says that he's going to do. And we are continuing to believe that we all grow and increase 
prosperously so that we can be the people of God and do what he's called us to do. So as we continue to move forward in our seed fund and uh, sowing so that we can be in our own building and believe in God for complete debt freedom in that, as well as in our own lives, this is something that we'll practice together. Go ahead and stand to your feet and we will confess these confessions and then I'll be out of here. All right, glory to God. So if you can't repeat.